Uh, there it is. Do you see it? We're on? I see it. Oh, there it is. We're recording. We are on. Yeah. Are you ready? Well, even if you're not, we're recording. I am. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one idea for the, for, to maybe move back like an inch and a half from the microphone. From the, ah, there we go. Okay. Not, you don't even have to move that far. I mean, you really just like not. Okay. I was a little like this. Hello. A little, right. Yeah. Just move a little bit a little back. Close. All right. It feels more comfortable this way. Okay. Yeah. I'd say go with that. Am I good there? Yeah. We're good there? All yeah. right. Hello and welcome to Nick and Doug. You know, you don't get paid extra for being a producer, by the way. Huh. Welcome to welcome to Nick and Doug's Sound Explosion, a pure podcast for now people. Today is February 25, 2021, and this is episode number... 28? 29. I think uh, this is like the third episode in a row you've been off by one. I feel like, yeah. Maybe once daylight savings time kicks in, I'll be, I don't like... <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow, by the way, is my brother's 65th birthday. That's crazy that someone's going to be that old. And what it's great, we were talking about this. I said, you know, in our favorite. I remember when I thought he was old because I was like 22 and he was like 30 or whatever. And I was like, wow, I'm friends with an old guy. An old guy. Yeah. So we've been joking because he's now like, you know, sort of your categories when you fill something out or whatever survey, you know, 18 to 24, 25 to 34. The last one is 65 and older. Right. So as I told him, you're now in the same category as Olivia de Havilland. Yeah. Who's like 104, who just died at 104. Right. It's like, it's yeah, all. that's it. You're yeah. that's the last category to check. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think he's just driving around town trying to find out where he gets a senior discount on stuff. Sure. Yeah. Why I would. Yeah, exactly. This is the podcast where Nick and I, yes, that means I'm Doug, talk about the issues. And when I say the issues, I, of course, mean. The, the topics. topics. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, listen to the, speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. listen to the first episode of the President Obama Bruce Springsteen podcast. Oof. It was funny. So Barbara I, had never I, listened to a podcast and that I, was her first one. Okay. And she's like, so do you and Nick speak as slowly as those guys? <laughs> I was like, God, I hope not. Uh, I don't speak as Deliberately, perhaps. Perhaps. And slowly. Yeah, it was like 50 minutes, and it would probably, it's like a football game, and there was probably actually 12 minutes of actual conversation. How was it? Springsteen kind of drives me nuts. I've been listening listening to Barack Obama, uh, his recent um, book on audiobook. Okay. Does he read it? Yeah. Okay. So it's it, it he does a pretty good job. Um it's so you know, I've I've had a lot of listening to him lately. I listened to a little bit of the trailer of the for the podcast with him and Springsteen and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can take this. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. It was it was okay. You know, it, it's, it's the American dream and the dream that we need to reclaim. And they're like, shut up. You're doing excellent, Obama. Uh, the, uh, thank you. The, uh, there were the, the, the highlight were the couple funny stories about, you know, having dinner at the 
the White House. Sure. And then apparently getting drunk at the White House and having, you know, like playing, uh, singing uh, yeah. songs and funny stories with, uh, you know, with Michelle um, in there. That was entertaining. And a little bit, I mean, stuff like growing up with, with Springsteen is like, yeah, is there anything new we don't know? Right, you know about that time, and so, and and if you're going to talk, and a lot of this was about race in America, and my feeling was is like, you know what, I would just rather have sit down and listen to oh, President Obama talk for twenty minutes about his view of where we are now with race in America. I think would be you much wanna, more. You want to listen to a guy who's like seventy five years old and had been a white millionaire for fifty five <laughs> yeah, of those years, precisely. Talk about- and I get it, and it's I get the conversation, but it is, and you know, it just it would be just more interesting just hearing like it'd be more interesting to talk yeah. to kind of anybody, like to talk to like a school teacher or yes, a person. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but so uh yeah, so that was that that on the podcast. Yeah. And of course, by implied that is that Barbara has never listened to ours, which I told her is like you're better off. Yeah, it's fine. She's not. Yeah. She's not missing anything. It's no. <laughs> Plus, we couldn't hand. You know, puts us into a different you know category as far as listener and forget about it. Right. It's like, we like get into, making like, more when money. When we get into the highs, the mid single digits, and exactly. it's a whole different it's, tax it's bracket, and like precisely, and it's a whole new. That's precisely. We have yeah. all new. Then we have to wear a suit and tie on this. The no, whole thing. No. Uh, as always, we like to start things off with the Columbia University in the city of New York sports update. Let's do it. I shall listen to the uh, the intro music for this. Mm-hmm. It just, I never get tired of this song. You can't. Uh, you know, if there's nothing else, we are topical and of the moment. So it's Black History Month, mm-hmm. and we're going with Columbia Trailblazer, who, by the way, is, it's actually not the team name. Okay. Karen Smart. Uh, graduated 01, by the way, and I'm pretty sure it's 2001, not 19. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in her second straight Olympics fencing appearance, Erin Smart became Columbia's first ever black Olympic medalist when she earned a silver medal with the United States foil team as part of the 2008 Summer Olympics held in Beijing, China. In 2008? Yeah. Wow. Okay. First ever, uh, the United States foil team, obviously sponsored by Reynolds. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever fenced? No. Uh, have you- we might have had one day of it in gym class in oh. junior high, I, but no, I don't. Eh, I might be making that up. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Let's go with no. I'm going to go with no. Also, I mean, at the end, of course, it's one of those sports like swimming that I watch every four years. And by watch, I mean, it's like, oh, there's 20 minutes sure. of the highlight. And uh, it happens very quickly is my recollection from watching it. on. Yes. TV. Like each round is like three seconds. So dig, dig, yeah. dig, dig, <laughs> and that's totally it. right. It's like the, uh, what, like at the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the, what's the so funny cars, you know, the, uh, oh, yeah, giant, the, the giant, yeah, exactly. That's it. It is as fat that right. It it is not like a long drawn out right process. Yeah. So congratulations to Aaron Smart. Way to go, Aaron. Although the, that news is 13 years old. 
Well, yeah, but it's part of, you know, she's a Columbia trailblazer. Oh, I see. Okay. We're, yeah, looking, and we we're, also reflecting, have we're reflecting back on trailblazers. Correct. And also because the Ivy League, I do believe, has already canceled spring sports. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to have anything until, okay. you know, my guess is until football season uh, six months from now. Okay. Seven months from now. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we're going to do, you know, the history. Sure. I like it. Wait, As always, Aaron, I wonder what Aaron Smart's doing now, and if she, she still fences at all. And I wonder, does she? Where do you think she keeps her silver medal? Where would you keep if you want a silver medal? Because so you're not famous because you didn't win a gold medal. Also, right. it was the United States foil team, right? But you know, you're not Michael Phelps, you're uh, or Mark Spitz, right? Uh, and you, let's say, you want a bronze or a silver medal. Where would you keep it? Well, depends how old I was. And for a long time, I would probably keep it out somewhere where people could see it. And I'd be like, oh, that? Oh, you <laughs> noticed that? Right? Like, you wouldn't wear it to the grocery store? Maybe. I probably would for a while. I um, absolutely would. If it was a silver yeah. metal, would any bar, like if I were single, absolutely, yeah. I'd wear it to, you know, and then a I would keep on it, a plane. Right. And then I would keep it out. And then it would probably gradually get a lower and lower profile in the house. And then I wouldn't obviously get rid of it or whatever. I would keep it like right. stored nicely. But I don't know that I would keep it at this point. Like if I had won a silver medal in my 20s, maybe I would bring it back out at this point. But I would think I would probably have it away for a while or I'd keep it on, you know, like a bookshelf with a couple other things I mean, I don't like to look at. Yeah, I don't think I would like frame it and display it prominently, but I might put it around my, the Elvis bust I have. Sure, that would be for you. That like, would be a perfect spot. Yeah, like somewhere like that. Just have it hanging right. somewhere odd. Yeah, but have that. And yes, yes, that's my Olympic silver medal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be. I mean, it'd be pretty great to have an Olympic medal. No kidding. And to actually, you've never been to an Olympics, not competitive no i know i want to i i i really really botched it the one i really should have gone to was athens 2004 because i just think that would have been a great just to have it back there and stuff like that would have been a great one to go to um where's the one i I, all in china and russia for like the next 20 years like where are now they're basically in countries run by dictators yeah yes for the most part yeah because they're it's absurd although is aren't they were they in London? They're going to be in London. No, they're in Tokyo. Twenty twelve. Now they were in London. Okay, so this it's, year the twenty twenty was supposed to be Tokyo. It's now going to be twenty twenty one. Is that right? And then the Winter Olympics in twenty two, I think, are back in Beijing. Right. I mean, that's no. I don't want to do that. No offense to China, but no. like, if they have it in like, I don't know you know, Rome or whatever, sure. London or Athens or some of those places, like, then I want to go. Then we should go. See, I think the one I really wanted to go to that I just never got was Vancouver because I really want to go to a winter Olympics more than a summer. Yeah. And I that was I, not but, close and would have been cool. Right. Uh, look, my personal feeling is it should be in Athens every four years. Sure. And then the winter one can rotate between like Innsbruck and Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Or some some Innsbruck, yeah, or yeah, no, Innsbruck. We're going Innsbruck and yeah. Lake Placid. That's it. Sure. Stop bidding. Stop. You know, it's right. such 
an absurd amount of money to spend. Totally agree. At this point, the it's one disaster after another as far as abandoned buildings. Yeah. Just keep it in Athens. Every four years, it's in Athens. We're right. done. I agree. They they made yeah. it up. They came up with it. Just let them have it. We'll just do it there. Build the buildings once. You know you're going to use them every right. four years. You do a little upkeep. The amount you money you would save, you know, you could put Phenomenal. in all the, you know, setup for all the, uh, right. uh, t- um, you know, the broadcast equipment. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And we're done. We know we're going to Athens in four years. I'm into it. But yeah, if they have it in a place that's... Um, that's sort of like fun to go to anyway. We should go. Right. Well, you know, I was one of, I think, six people and probably possibly the only unelected official who wanted Chicago so to cheap. win the Olympics in 16, I think. Oh, Not, yeah. It wasn't so cheap. Uh, Chicago, was it 16? It would have been a 16? complete boondoggle and a debacle. Unbelievable my- political disaster, but I would have gotten to go like see whatever I wanted to that's and then right. go home. There were two yeah. upsides. One, they would have rehabbed the L. Mm-hmm. And exactly. there's no other way that would happen. That's right. And number two, we would have gotten to go to some cool stuff. The other 98 aspects of it, absolutely negative and a political disaster, and we'd still be paying for An it. An economic disaster, even more than a political one, yeah. Political and economic, yeah, that's, weird. that's what I meant. Yeah, it yeah. would have just been absolute, just, it would have been heinous. But would have gotten to go see, you know, some cycling, some team yeah. handball. Yeah. You know, that would have been awesome. Yeah. We always follow the uh, Columbia Sports Update with the Jewish joke of the show, punchline only. This is it. Let's do it. This is it. You ready? I am. Once in November and once in July. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. That's right. If most comedians just came out and just did like, you know, punchlines, like five minutes of punchlines, well, it, it would, he would be Henny I would Youngman. I'd be interested in going to see live comedy. That would get me. Yes, exactly. Uh, you ready to chat? I got a couple of subjects, a couple yeah, of little ones. I got, a, I got one or two as well. Oh, that's right. Uh, first of all, I've started to do the Saturday crossword puzzle. In the the New York Times crossword puzzle on Saturdays, I never never even attempted it. What, is that the hardest one? Is that the idea? Yes. And yeah. then wh- what's the? Um, it goes progressively Monday through Saturday, progressively harder each. But day. what about Sunday? Isn't that the hardest? Or how Sundays it- is not the hardest. It's just bigger. Oh, okay. So, but you it's do not Sundays. necessarily harder. Yeah, Sunday I've been doing. Sunday I would say is more equivalent to. Wednesday, maybe a little Thursday. Okay. But uh, Friday now, I can almost always complete. Wow. And Saturday, I'm about 75% I can complete. My thing with the uh, with the crossword stuff is it seems like, to me, you kind of have to, like, it has its own vernacular right like it's its own language oh, and the way like totally the, the way the clues are presented stuff that's like if you're on the wavelength with with how yes. it works like probably if i did one of those crosswords not having done them you know hardly ever and certainly not in years it would probably be like i would get like two words out of a hundred right but i feel like yes. once you get in the once you get familiar with the language of it like then you can kind of pick up on 
Exactly. And there's certain things, especially because I do it every day. Yeah. So to the, kind of have the coffee and do that. Um, and, oh, absolutely. Like you see clues now that normal, like at first you'd think, like, think about it now. Like, I know what that is. I know what they're shooting for. It's one of the 17 ways they're, you know, sort of describing this answer. Yeah. And uh, you can boom, 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 go through it. Um, but the Saturday one, I used to like, I don't even understand half the clues for a while there. But now, but I said, well, let me take a shot at this point. So I'm very excited that I have one more day of uh, crossword puzzling. Yeah, that's cool. To do. I like uh, it. That's fun. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Step up. Uh, so baseball season is upon us. The pitchers and catchers have reported. Yeah. And so the Cubs, of which we are both a team we are both fans of, sure. have brought back Jake Arietta. Right. And I bring that up because he's 65 years old tomorrow. That and I am really not a fan of bring in general of bringing back sort of beloved players oh, yeah. who experienced glory with your team and then bring them back five years later. The right. Chicago Blackhawks do this all the time and it never works out. Right. And pretty much I have a feeling this is not going to work out. And not that it sullies the memory of the high point, but it's also like you're hoping the idea being to kind of, you can't, it's really hard to divorce yourself from remembering watching that player in that uniform having great success mm-hmm. and now watching that person when he doesn't, having been away for a while. And yeah. so it's, just one of those sports concepts. I understand why it's done. I just think it's some usually better to just avoid the situation completely. Yeah, I, I, I guess I think about it less like... I think I used to be more um, emotional in my reaction to these things with, with teams and stuff. But, oh, you can't do that, or how could you, or how... You know, and... and right. You know, and I remember thinking like when, right, like when Michael Jordan stopped playing or whatever, and then played for the Wizards or whatever, and people were like, "How could you do that? He's ruining his legacy." Like, who cares? He. It oh, I agree. Undo, I don't think it's right. I think it's like it doesn't undo the things people have done, and like what it's their life. Let them do whatever they want. If you oh don't want to watch it, don't watch it. You have right. the opportunity to someone can keep playing, uh, paying you to right. play a game. Oh, you right. keep doing it until right or like bands like that guy should that. stop making records, or you could just stop listening to them. Yeah, you totally. Know, like, that's fine. It's to me like the thing is like I don't understand if the person is still good at what they do or good enough, then maybe the proposition works out. Or I know sometimes the idea is, hey, this person can sort of teach or bring along some of the uh, mentors, some of the people, blah blah blah. Like, right. It is it is a little bit tough to watch people who are just like not good anymore. Uh you know. And this is more specific to you know, a guy who is good on your team yeah. leaves and then comes back. Yeah. If he leaves and falls apart, like well that happens to right. every athlete, of course. I mean I guess I wonder like in those cases like what are they 
is it just happened to be that of the people that were out there, the person who was the best fit for what they're looking for happened to be a guy who used to be on your team and used to be good? Like, we're like, yeah, we're looking for a kind of mediocre pitcher that might have a couple really good games. Yeah. Um, who's out there at this price point? Oh, look, it's that guy. And we happen to know him. And so, like, let's. And he wants to come play here, which, sure. is, which is part of it. And I get that. And I think that's exactly what happens. And hopefully it works out. It just, it so rarely does. Yeah. I mean, and there's a part of me that's like, don't, I think you're in some ways you're better off not doing that. And right. just, well, I mean, a just a new in, person completely in general, how many base baseball players who used to be good for a while and then were not good, get good again. Like that doesn't seem right. to happen that, a lot. Well, it used to happen in the, you know, the nineties because of the roids. So if right. they would just go back to that, it'd be right. it would be fine. But I mean, other than that, people don't really like get go from being really good to being not very good and then get really good again. You might have that bounce like for half a season. Right. But it's rarely more yeah. than that. If it's been a few years and this is now like three years of him not I mean, being if that guy good can pitch anymore. really well for half a season, then that's great. Oh, absolutely. And it's better than I, I do think it's he's better than what their other options were. Right. And you know, it's it's also it'll be fun to see him, no doubt. I just right. tend to it just kind of makes me wince a little bit. Yeah. Because when it when it inevitably goes bad, it hurts just a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. And it's purely on me. I'm not, I'm not saying no, he totally shouldn't do that, it. And right? I think the team shouldn't do it. It's purely on me as a fan. Right. You're like, well, if I used to be able to count on this guy to do the thing and now they can't do the thing and you're like, right. Tougher. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's a little tougher. That's all I had to say about that. Yeah. And then last, and one more thing before Oops. we get to a, a meteor subject. Yeah. Uh, do you understand how like phone scams work and specifically how, are scammers able to like create a caller ID that sort of that right. you have to look at and think, should I answer that? Right. The one that has the first three digits of your phone number. Yes. Is, is that an exchange if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. That. And also like, I know, cause it's probably like, you know, uh, weird over the last, let's say three weeks. Right. I don't know. 30 calls on about my car's extended warranty expiring. Mm. I mean, I don't answer it, but the ones that leave a message, yeah. it's that, but and it could be all sorts of, it's people's names, right? It's weird things. One was Delta airlines. And I know for sure that it wasn't Delta airlines, you That's know, like those kinds of things. It's, it's a, I get, it, I get a ton of calls and I never answer a call from a number that I don't know. No, and I like the, uh, I, I will say this about the iPhone, you can set it to, if it's not in your contacts, Oh, it, it's, it goes immediately to voicemail. Well, that's a good setting. I should find that. I don't, yeah, and my uh, feeling is, if it's really important, you'll leave a voicemail. Yeah, right. And uh, so I get, I think, a ton of, you know, sort of scam calls or spam calls, but I mean, one in 500 leave a message, so there's... It's almost, I almost never True. know what, what their, what their angle is, but I don't know how they do the, I mean, I don't know the technology behind the sort of spoofing of your right the targeting of your, and I got to assume 
it works to an extent. Well, of course it does. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a numbers game, right? It's like, you think right. like, how could this work? But if it works a few times and yeah. it's low effort, low cost to, to take all those attempts. Right. You know, and I you think that's catch, the game. Obviously you hope it's an elderly person who's answered. Yeah. I don't you hope know. that, but. No, I'm saying the scan. If you're, if you, <laughs> no, no, I've already been through that with my mom. But they were yeah. really nice. I was like, oh well, then therefore it's okay. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I've just been a bunch of those lately, and it's just like the oddest. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Odd, odd. But phenomenon. I mean, the stuff must work, right? I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. like that in life. Like, I think about like, I guess there's a buyer for that. Like, I guess there's a taker for that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, did you have something you you imply that you might have a little subject? Oh, yeah, something? I have a little subject. What was my little subject? Um, here's my here's one of my subjects. Uh, it's people kind of like <laughs> revising history or like kind of making up the story of their life. And so I want to stipulate at the outset that the current trend where everybody's like, the, the thing of the last few years where every business and every person and every company is like, we tell stories. We're storytellers. We story, story this, and your story and story that like makes me crazy and want to punch people in the face. Um, but I think the, uh, the thing that I'm thinking about is how people, um, you know, I don't know if people's if it's that their memories are questionable, or whether it's that they really like they're consciously trying to revise history in their mind. But how people will seemingly have a very different version of events, or will con or will on some level construct and then believe their own construction about their version of events and. Whether Before, or not, like, if I may interrupt you, yeah. did you did were you able to hear me that we were having technical difficulties? No, I was not having technical difficulties, but you might. Oh, and you were talking, so never mind me. So this is perfect. Then, in other words, we weren't having technical yeah, you difficulties. Were, right. Perfect. You can pretend right. that you were listening the whole time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's like you know, it's like people like thinking. Um, you know, I know everybody has their own interpretation of things that happened to them in their life, right? Sure. Um, and then they kind of people, many people tend to want to weave some kind of retroactive like pattern or impose some kind of story on it, right? Like, I was this, and then this happened to me, and I was so, right. uh, I was a victim in this situation, and poor me, and that's why this and this didn't work out. But then I did this, and then this happened, and. I would like to point out, by the way, I was, in fact, married to Kate Upton for like four years. Just saying. Right? Yes. And then it's like people, you know, I've I've had, you know, in my memory for certain things is very sketchy, too. But there's sometimes stuff where even it, when it was relatively fresh, like people just told a different version of events. And I was like, that's not what happened. And right. then it's like, well. I don't know. Does it really? I mean, even though if sometimes the particular subject or whatever is annoying to me for personal reasons, like 
who cares? But I just wonder, like, I, I when people go and tell these stories, I'm like, do you believe your own bullshit right now? Or like, are you believing what you're saying? Or do you know you're, you're, you're peddling some jive story, but you know, you've just got the act down. And so now you're going to kind of like, right. you're going all in on it and stuff. Like, I wonder, you know, well, we had a president out, who start for- out thinking, knowing that they're BSing. And then after a while, they just get so used to it that they start to kind of like, no, that probably is how it happened. And then they believe it. It's an, I mean, well, we had a president who normalized that for four years. Sure, right. right. Uh, I, I'm talking about Millard Fillmore. Yeah. Um, but we it it's a really that's a really interesting question. Are you doing it to sort of pump yourself to make yourself feel more significant, right. more apart? You know that you have made you know, uh, sort of a, that you're special in, yeah. in some ways, I think is part of it. I think sometimes it's just easier to tell the story. It's more entertaining to yourself. And if sure. after you tell something, you know, two or three times, it's like, then it becomes, does it become sort of muscle memory? Right. Well, like, here's how the you story. tell the story, right? You yeah, pull it out that, that way. And that story was when I told it this way was received in a more positive manner. And, and it became a, a, an easier way to, the actual telling of that story with those particulars right, is easier right. in a sense. Right. Or the sort of like the, the sort of, um, by the way, I can. dumped Kate, no matter what she says. Sure. I just want to point sure. that out. Well, it's stuff like that, right? Whether it's about right. relationships or sure. whatever, like you people can, and you can even while, even if you sort of adhered to the facts, you could certainly inject your own angles and between the line stuff into it. So even if you're not outright changing the facts and lie, right. you could certainly shape it in a way that makes you look more favorable or makes or to, to whatever end, right? Like, do you, could, do you think that some of that has to do with time? And how you change and how... Some of it, yeah. You know, sort of like your reflection on... And well, as, as right. we look at any historical event... Totally. And yeah. what ha- what's happened since people use that to then revise the past part, the path that got them there. They're using the... The, the where they ended up, they're using the destination to go back and revise what happened along the route to make it seem either right. inevitable or unusual or whatever it is, right? But they're using, they're, they're creating a line through these things to wherever they are or the situation is that to make it fit, right? Even right, though absolutely. It wasn't really the case at the time. Like you didn't know you were going to end up here, but people will be like, Oh, I kind of always knew I'd end up doing blah, blah for a living. Or I always ended up knew I'd <laughs> living in blah, blah, blah. Like you didn't always know that you didn't no. plan that you didn't any of that. That's where you happen to be now. And so you can look back and no one can really argue. This is like the quote I read recently. Somebody said, um, you shouldn't confuse, um, success with expertise. Yeah. Oh gosh. Right. Absolutely. And so I've always like, mentioned that in the restaurant. Like, well, business, I was always yeah, meant yeah. to be blah, blah, blah. And I was no. like, because you ended up there, but right. like, that's not true. Not like, at all. Like that's not, that's not true. And so, and you know, my feeling is that so much of those, you know, those events that lead you to a certain place, pure luck. Totally. 
pure luck and people don't like to admit that or, or can't like no it's pure luck they can't assimilate that and my feeling is is like you know when people say you know i made this happen for a reason i this happened to me so that i could end up here you know it's like well that's crazy if talk. you had chosen something else maybe you'd end up better yeah right. <laughs> you know it's always my feeling well why is the opposite right negative that's you right. know, it's like, wow, if I had, if I, you know, hadn't stayed, missed my bus stop. Right. You know, right. I actually would have ended Disney. up marrying Kate right. Upton. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I had a couple incidents recently where it was kind of like really irritating to me because I was like, that's totally, because I, I was either somehow either directly or indirectly um, involved or whatever in the you know, the sort of tale someone was weaving. And I was kind of like, that's bullshit. I'm like, that's not, that's not true at all. But then I was like, what am I doing? Then this becomes like arguing with strangers on the internet or trying to get drivers yes. to, to, to be better. Like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're just torturing yourself. Right. Precisely. And it's, you know, it's like why on some level, yeah, it's annoying. Like, I don't want to listen to it or whatever, but like, why should I care what this person, the story they're weaving about themselves and the tale they're telling? But it is interesting. Like when you, when you, it's like when you know anything about like newspapers or quote unquote news media or something, and you know how, when you were involved in a story, right? Right. The chances of them getting all of the facts, right. Are, are basically zero, right? Something in the story is wrong or a little skewed. It's like, no, that's not really what I meant or that's not really what happened, but like... Correct. And the gist well, of it's generally right. Parts of it are for sure wrong. And when you realize right. that, you realize like every story is a little bit wrong, right? Every news story, everything in the media is like a little bit wrong or a little bit skewed. And every story everybody's telling is a little wrong and a little skewed. And so it just makes me think about like how... Like everybody's going around with their own version of the world going on, and you think you're looking at the same thing or experiencing the same thing, and you're not. Not at all. And it's funny. I my one where that really struck me when I had the restaurant. It was during all the foie gras stuff. Yeah. And I was being interviewed by Nightline. And by the way, did I mention I was interviewed by Nightline? I just want to throw that um, out. There. I think you just mentioned it. Yeah. But so the the reporter was trying to ask me the question in a way that I would answer it the way he wanted me to answer it, trying to elicit a particular response. Right. And I could see him and he would stop and sort of pause and try to re rephrase the question. I was yeah. like, and I knew immediately was like, I know what's going on here, but that I can't, but right. that I'm not giving you that answer because that answer is incorrect. Right. You know, it makes for better copy. Sure. It makes, and actually, I take that back. It makes for easier copy. Yeah. Right. Than, and more sensational copy, but not necessarily truer. Right. Copy, of course. Which is, which, which was the idea there. Yeah. It, it, it is really interesting. It, it's, and it sort of brings up the last subject I had, which we were going to talk about, and that we have had arguments about the state of journalism today. Yeah. But there's, I will say, there's a real interesting case. Do you know anything about this guy? Is it Hugo Balta, something Balta, the Chicago Tonight executive producer no. who was just fired? Okay. And the reason he was fired, or certainly what's what I've read, 
you know, uh, um, why he was fired is that some of the reporters on the show felt that he wasn't being objective, that right. he had a political bent. Sure. That he, you know, uh, believed in certain things. Yeah. And he has been, well, there's also been, there were also a couple of Instagram posts apparently of him shirtless, like doing pushups. Sure. To which at this point. That's what, by the way, that's what our Instagram is going to be once we start posting things. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Wow. I better learn how to do a pushup. No, we'll just post uh, pictures of him. Oh, <laughs> even better. There we go. Perfect. Um, and it's really, it's, it's kind of interesting because he has been very vocal. Usually those guys just say, you know, I apologize and you, and, and they go away. Sure. Uh, he has been very vocal and actually wrote a long letter that was published in the Chicago Sun Times today, today or yesterday, I think today about this saying. And it was really interesting because he's saying, look, we, there's no way we're human beings. Of course we have a perspective. Of course we have a bias. Our job is to not let that right. affect our reporting. And well, I don't think it has, which is yeah. really interesting. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's the ideal. And the, the reality is like their job, his job was to get people to watch Chicago tonight so that the sponsors will pay, right? That's the that's, job. Yeah, that's the job is to get absolutely true to on the headline and read the story so that they see the ads. Like that's, that's right. the job. I get the, like the getting on your moral high horse about how you are, you know, whatever the guardian and of truth and blah, blah, blah. But that's not really, that's not really the job. It, Agreed. It should be. Of course, it should be. It isn't. But it was really thought provoking. And, and the first time you really heard someone say, it's like, no, that's I'm not right. and, and really defending himself. And I and I'm in especially in this day and age, I'm not convinced he's wrong. Right. And sort of a, like I find myself being more on his side is like, well, it's is the honest. show well done. Has he done a lot for, and he is a person of color. Right. He has done a great deal to bring in perspectives of people of color, yeah. both Latino and black uh, focused issues. Right. Specific shows. And it's like, well, you know, is that is the job he's doing, does that override what right. Phil Ponce and, you know, uh, the other reporters think about his, that sort of inappropriateness or is what they claim to be inappropriateness. There was no sense that he was harassing people. Right. There was, it sounded like it was purely that because he voiced his political leanings. Mm-hmm that that was detrimental to the show. Right. And I think that's jive. I think you're right. I think the reality is that people are, you know, uh, every, nobody's without a perspective. Nobody is totally objective or whatever. So you correct. Know, like, let's not even pretend, right? Let's just be honest. That's about right. Where we're coming from and stuff and that everybody filters information and interprets and presents based on who they are and stuff. And that's, you know, that's just the reality. 
And they're appealing to listeners as and viewers as NPR is, yeah, as Fox News is, yeah, as you know, Newsmax or you know, or uh, uh, PBS NewsHour or, or ABC, NBC, CBS. You know, it's uh, it's. I think that Chicago Tonight does a pretty great job of exploring issues. Yeah. In the city, is it? Pro- could someone argue that it has a, a liberal bent? Sure. Doesn't public television, by its very nature, sort of right? Somewhat could be argued that it's a. It has like a liberal that bent kind of stuff. To like too. Like uh, that kind of stuff. There's two problems. One is the word conservatism. Like that. I don't understand why it's that word. Like why is right. it conservatism? Why is I feel like it's I feel like somebody dropped a syllable in there because you're not conservative unless you're like, but what if you're putting like seafood in a little tin can and then boil? uh, That's conserva. Never mind. Okay. Which is delicious, by the way. And why I want to go to Portugal is just to spend a lot of time eating fish out of tin cans. Don't bother. Um, That's right. You've been all right. Well, that'll be another time. <laughs> bring your own salt. Um, I, I, you know what? I usually do anyway. And any other spices? If you want anything, to have Ooh. you better really. Bring it, all right, we'll get into that another time. Yeah. But now we've offended all our Portuguese listeners. I want to look at the uh, the morphemes. Oh, you froze up again, and you can't hear me. Wait, I can hear you. Is it my? I don't know what's going. Okay. Do you have the internet there? Are you connected to the internet? I'm not getting a reaction I, from me. You, you froze up again. I haven't heard. I didn't hear the last like dial up. Uh, I, you so know, why is my internet is, connection is unstable? I pay an arm and a leg for this internet I know. connection. The, yeah. I, so part of it is I want to look at the morphemes and look at the etymology of the word conservative and figure out what the proper um, yes. noun form should be. Because I'm, I'm not convinced that conservatism is the right construct, even though that's what everybody uses. I get it. Right. Um, but I also think when people talk about that stuff, it's like, what does that even mean? Right. Conservative or liberal? Like, what is that? Like, people, those are things that people use to, I feel like it could mean anything. Absolutely. And then and even going back to like the old days of journalism, it's like, well, Walter Cronkite, you know, for those of us who are approaching 65, right. you know, he had his, he had a perspective. Sure. They well, decided the what, what stories went on the air. They well, decided how they were going to be presented. Totally. Everybody does. Right. Exactly. Right. Just by choosing what to talk about. You've, you've already done a massive amount of editing, right? Exactly. The thing that makes me crazy is, and your guy Barry Obama mentioned this in the in his book, right? Is is the this the by the way, Barack, uh, a graduate of Columbia University, uh, and roughly there at the same time. And Barbara was asking me, "Did you know him?" And I was like, "No, he probably studied and went to the library." No, I think he was probably smoking weed just in a different dorm room than you. Oh, that would have been. No, I would have found him then. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, you know, this thing of like the, well, anyway, this is probably a whole other topic, but the, the thing where like the media, they, 
there's no there's no filtering for whether or not something's true. There's no like verification of facts or whatever. They only present this person said this, this other person said the opposite of this. There you go. We've got it. We've got it. We've got a fight on our hands. Like they, there's no like, nobody's like, you know. I feel like, especially more in the older days, people would be like, like a paper would be like, hey, I've got a story here about, uh, you know, a guy who threw an automobile over the top of a building, and you'd be like, did that doesn't sound like something that could happen? They'd be like, right? Yeah, but someone said that it could happen, and you'd be like, okay, run the story. Like they wouldn't do that. They'd be like, unless you can prove that that happened, we're not putting that in the. In I the, mean, right? Watergate the being the classic example, it's like we'll get a second source. Yeah. On these things and so forth. Yeah. Yes. I still think, and this is where I think our argument, yours and my argument is, I still think a lot of that is being done. I just think that it's being done by smaller outlets, yeah, right, smaller right, places. Right. And it's also that the sad thing is it costs money to do that. Yeah, And people don't want to pay for that. Right. And now we have this idea of what the idea of media for, for a variety of reasons has, has changed. And not all of it's, you know, President Trump going after them. It's, it's self-inflicted. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. This happened. This was going on before uh, this, you know, the yeah. last president. Um, but there are, there are, it's, it's harder to suss it out, I think. Yeah. It's, there are more, there's, and some of it I think is truly, there's so many outlets for news yeah. and that it's just, it becomes virtually impossible to view all, well, it's all of the aspects because I, I also have to make dinner at some point too. Well, I mean, most of it, I mean, the amount of it that is quote unquote news, however you want to define that is... Mm -hmm pretty small like the it's, it's mostly it's mostly all commentary in opinion yes right that's what that's what's being presented most right. of the time so i want to know did he not, sign this bill right. how did he vote right. this way and what and you know what even stories that are presented as you know sort of like like there's only a couple facts even in a sort of fact-based story They'll present like one or two facts, and then it's all commentary. Because you know, you'll—I look at—I don't look at it that often. But if I look at a news site and stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, I want to know more about this," and you read the article, and like, there is no more about that. Like they—they right. they gave you the two facts, right? Which, which is why I think I just want. There are times, you know, I'll put on CNN, shut off the volume, and just read the crawl, right? For because that at least basically is seems to be just a series of. Actual, here's what actually, you know, here's what happened. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe. By the way, the one thing from that Obama Springsteen uh, uh, podcast, apparently Obama made, I'm sorry, President Obama, and that's totally a West Wing thing that I do that, as I always yeah. say president, because sure. that's how you refer to him. Um, he, he said that, he asked Springsteen, like, how many guitars are in this room? Uh, and I think Springsteen said it could be a thousand, and I'm just noticing you have Four. So you got a little ways to go. I have a long way to go. Yeah, I'm never yeah, gonna get but there. But I just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there. Never gonna get there. 
Uh, God, I hope not. Also, you you can play four. You can't. That's what I say. Like, there's no way. Because no. he's doesn't he play like the one that classic yeah, guitar I mean, that he he's always play. He's going to play like a couple. Sure. Also, that's another thing I love. Uh, who's it? Listening to some interview with somebody like I just love guitar players who don't who are like in a big time band but don't change guitar after every song. They just play the same guitar. The, the same guitar. To right. It. Exactly. You don't, need, you don't need to change after every song. You just yeah, don't. It's exactly. It's, I, I totally totally agree. Unless you're Edgar Winter. Well, it's more of a keytar that he's I in. I think like he only plays the, uh, one. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing people do because they can. Right? It, they it, finally it, got enough money to have the guitars and have a road crew and a case. Precisely. And once you hit, you know, you're playing the United Center or yeah. Soldier Field, that no one's going to tell the difference. Right. Exactly. Whether you're playing a Fender Stratocaster or yeah. that's the only guitar I know. So that yeah. or whatever other some other guitar, Gibson yeah. something guitar. Right. Uh, a nice uh, Kenner or Hasbro guitar. No that's one's right. going to know the difference. That's right. Um, so the the media thing, and it's really I I I, I try to be on this side and keep you know, sort of the optimistic side that there are people still doing oh, yeah. real journalism. And then I see people sure. who I think are real du- doing real du- journalism. And then I know a story and I see their report on it. It's like, oh, you're disappointing me now because now you're just saying what someone else said. And you and I yeah. have both been in those situations. Oh, yeah. Where we've been, where the reporting was someone said this about you yeah, it's like well right. that's not news and that right, should exactly. not and there there absolutely should not be reported i right. think journalists have a responsibility or someone said not this, report things right someone had this feeling about what someone else said about you right like exactly. that's not that's i don't not know what news. that is and that's now the journalism you right and but now it it becomes the thing right. that taints the what actually happened and there's no way to get there's very very rarely a way to get that back oh yeah no 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 yeah absolutely because when we think about it's uh, you know and i didn't see the movie like richard jewell is like the perfect example the guy it's like well you say the name it's like well there's only one thing you think about yeah that's right i mean that guy uh yeah i think the um right nobody nobody reads the retractions like if you think about it as a practical matter it totally makes sense to lie to and in and if you are the media. Like, because that's what's going to get printed. Like, you should just say whatever you want people to think. I mean, it is right. Like, it's weird and it's Orwellian and it's not cool and stuff like that. But practically speaking, that's absolutely what you should do because no one's going to go back and fact check it. No one's going to, you right. know, you're going to get your thing. And if you said it first, like, you're going to have primacy effect and you're going to get. You, your message is going to get out there, whatever it is. Unless you say something where someone's going to sue, you know, the pants off you, like the my pillow guy who's being sued for one point four billion dollars, you know. But that's so rare, right? But even then, you know, I don't that, know what he's getting isn't... sued for. What did he do? Libel. It's the uh, the voting machine people. Oh, that he came yeah, out and no said that they think the yeah. damage is done. Like, yeah, he, he might have to pay or whatever, but it's not going to make people right. think differently about the thing. People Correct. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, no, yeah, exactly I'm going right. to unthink what I thought, right? Uh, because this guy's lawsuit was overturned. Therefore, I'm going to change my thinking. Like that, that doesn't happen. 
It's exactly right. It's bad. It's a bad outcome for him individually in that case. But like, right? You know, it totally does pay to lie in the media. Correct. But and I will say this, which is why it's astronomically more important, and why I try to, you know, financially support as many journalists as possible from the local level, like Block Club Chicago, and I think they do a terrific, terrific job because they're actually going to the meetings, talking to the people involved. Right. Here's the report, following up on those reports, um, and you know, and still read the Chicago Sun Times every day. And there's a yeah. couple columnists, and it has the New York Times crossword puzzle. Did I mention I can now do most of the Saturday it's puzzle? Very impressive, frankly. Thank you very much. I appreciate Maybe I have to get one and. You just see how far I can get. I'm it's funny. I mean, it definitely is. You have to, it's like any other sort of physical skill in a way. Yeah. I would assume that if you stopped playing guitar for six months and then picked up a guitar, you would not be. No, you're worse. Yeah, it's exactly right. And if I don't do it every day, it's like, yeah, I'm the, the muscle, the, the yeah. that it's the same kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. Can you buy a, a book of just the easy, like all the Mondays or something? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You can buy any day. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now I think it's time for the philosophical question of the show. Okay. Speaking of guitars, you play have a guitar. Uh, it, it's a big guitar riff is the my favorite part of the intro music. For sure. This. Yeah, it's a catchy. You ready? Yeah. What are the choices you passed up on that you regret? Oh, like decisions, like where I I chose A and I should have chosen B. Yeah, or that wow. you didn't, or didn't make the choice, or yeah. Wow. Um, I since I asked it, I I already I had. I'll give you a few. Most of mine, yeah, are. I, I wrote no okay. for uh, specifically the first four I could think of concerts that I didn't go to. Oh yeah, sure. For okay. one reason or another. Okay. Uh, Madonna at the Ritz in New York on her, okay. like one of the very first shows. Why did not go see the Prince time vanity six show at radio city, radio city music hall, the 1999 okay. tour. I never know. Did not go see the clash at bond casino. Mm -hmm. Saw them, but not those legendary shows in New York and seeing the Ramones open for the runaways at the Aragon. And I blame Alex Simmons for that because he bailed on me. Mm. And I really, that one, I don't blame myself quite so much because I really couldn't go by myself at that time. I was probably right. 14. Um, and also then the other thing, um, it's more regrets, not choices. So, uh, the, how I chose to break up with a couple of uh, exes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do regret those. I, not breaking up with them. But the, how the 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 how I chose to do it, hmm. I do regret that I could have been more sure adult and yeah. and 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 fairer to uh, to the ex. Sure, yeah. I mean I think there's for me there's probably a number of. I mean there's a right every behavior you can consider to be a choice, right? You're choosing how to behave. So there's many behaviors where I would I think to myself, oof, that, I, I didn't do that very well. And right? sometimes that's the only choice you have. 
isn't that Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning yeah. the one only choice you really is your attitude. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And there are many, it's great, great reference. Thank um, you. yeah, we might have to have a whole episode where we talk about that book. Yes. Yeah. But you know, I, right. And you have the, his other quote that's attributed to him that I think is like the, is right. it a hundred percent of the shots you don't take don't go in? Right. Oh no, that's Wayne Gretzky. Right. That a hundred that uh you know this sort of in between stimulus and and response, there's like a small space, and that space is where oh. you have a, you have the choice of what what to do, and that that's the whole that's the ball game, right? That's where you where your growth and where your opportunity is. Um, Interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah there I you think. Go. You know, there's many I could, so I could probably spend all day thinking about things where I like, oof, could I have done that better? Could I have acted better? Could I have whatever? If I think about like kind of like decisions, yeah, it's probably, there's probably some stuff less about breaking up with people, more about either not breaking up with people or being chickening out of, you know, pursuing something. Um, I think the, I don't know. I mean, I think my attitude about this has changed as I've gotten older. I think when I was younger, I was like more like wound up or uptight or thought everything was of consequence and stuff. And now I think over the years, more and more, I have this feeling of um, everything's like everything else. Like it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like you <laughs> live right. here, you live there, you have this job, you don't have this you have that job, like who cares? Like it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, obviously there's some basic stuff that matters. Like it, it, it helps to be in a situation where you can have a place to live and where you can stay warm and you can eat. So I don't mean, I mean, of I course. understand that, believe me, I understand that there's a, a baseline of stuff. Right. I, and I'm and looking back on it. I'm glad I did date Kate Upton for those years, right. no matter how it turned out. Right. Even though, right. The breakup was a little ugly. Like, so yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. I think for me, like, so, like, yeah, could my and kind of going back to your thing we talked about earlier about people like in the, you know attributing something to their choice, like, well, maybe there was a choice that would have made it turn out even better, not worse, like uh, precisely. So, you know, I I guess I have this. I don't have that many like regrets. There's definitely plenty of things where I'm like, oh, it would have been much better if this, right? It would have been much better if I would have gotten here or gotten there. But when I think about you know, and there's probably a lot of small decisions. I'm like that, that doesn't seem like a very good decision or whatever, but right. I think on some level, I'm also like it, that is ameliorated a little bit by what does it matter? Like who cares? Right. Like on some level, but I think, um, and sometimes you a, make those choices based on the information you have and who you are at that time. Yeah. And like I, there's no other I was, way I could have chosen to do something else. Well, no, I mean, and I think some of the some of the things is like at that time I was a person who didn't make very good decisions or who botched <laughs> that choice. Like that's who I was at that <laughs> yeah, time, right? Yeah, absolutely, I'm a person who did. I I try not to spend a lot of time regretting the regret. Like I don't try not to double down on it. Like yeah, that was a terrible choice, but. Uh, okay, like now am I going right. to keep feeling bad about it, or am I going to like get on with where I am? from here. Like there are plenty of terrible choices. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, to think about like examples, I think probably, you know, choices to like 
not do things because I was afraid to or not put myself in a situation because I was too nervous or insecure. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of of those. I don't right, think, but there's nothing. There's a lot of concerts I, I passed up that I would have that that I would have gone to. I think I went to most of the shows that I wanted to go to. Uh, have you ever seen Steely Dan? No, I rest my case. Uh, perfectly comfortable with my choices <laughs> in that department. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I mean, there's nothing. I can think of where I was really faced with kind of that, you know, existential quandary or like, oh, gosh, I have to choose. Am I going to do, you know, X or Y um, and realize like, oh, that was stupid. I really should have gone X. I don't think there's anything that I can, you know, would that I can think of offhand that it's like would have so drastically changed my life. I was never right. presented with the opportunity to buy Apple stock in right. 1903. Right. Like, you know, right. yeah, of course we all could have done that. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where you like could have done it better. Like things where I'm like, it was fine, but was there a better option? Probably like there are probably right. a ton of times where it's like people are like, Hey, let's go meet at this bar. I'm like, I hate bars. Like, and I went anyway, cause it was to see my friends. So like, yeah, there's some upside. Like you share sure. your friends, like would it have been better to stay home and write an, another song or practice my guitar or read a book? Like probably, but okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. But I don't think I can. I was thinking about the question. And I was like, other than those like minor things that would have just sort of enriched your own kind of sure. history a little bit. But I don't think there was anything that I look at and think, should I have, you know, oh my gosh, if I had not, you know, and, and part of it's like, well, what major decisions have I made in my life? Right. You know, um, and, you know, one I can think of is like early on, like a real major decision was like dropping out of college. Right. And I look back on that and it was like, no, that was right. absolutely the so, right choice. So, yeah, And I, I don't regret that for a second. Yeah, I think there's two things there, right? One is most of the choices and decisions are kind of like incremental things. They're not usually presented as something that stark, right? Like, do I quit college Correct. or do I not quit college, right? Do I like right. go off to war or not? Like there are those in people's lives, but there's not that many of those. No, and yes. most of them are, are, are incremental. So that's one thing. And, and so you don't see like, you don't see all the little ones as adding up to getting you to a certain place because there's no one decision that got you there. It was a hundred little decisions. You're precisely and I, right. And I think the other part is, this is something somebody suggested to me a long time ago when I was hung up about certain decisions that, that it's like, you just make a decision and then you go from there and make the next one and the next one, and the next one. And like, you can like, it's not the, it's not like there's like the, two doors and then it's irredeemable if you choose door number two and should have chosen door number one it's just all over and that's it and you can't be happy and you can't have a, like whatever like correct i mean unless the the choice is like do i put my you know uh you know do i put my head on this transformer pole right that's like a zillion watts <laughs> right but i think the you know this idea that like Yes, you're presented with decisions and they might seem sort of monumental at the time, but like you pick one and then you go from there and then you navigate and you negotiate and you kind of reconfigure based on whatever's next, right? And so Absolutely. Like, and I totally agree that nothing that it's incredibly, incredibly rare 
that your choice is re- is irreversible or irredeemable. Right. And it might be you can go home. It again. doesn't. It doesn't mean that like all is lost. It might be irreversible. Like you might not be able to get that thing back, whatever you chose. But like, could you still be okay? Could you still be happy? Could you still have a decent life? Like, probably. Like, there's yeah. choices that don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's more of what I meant. Is like, yeah. yes, I can't go back and see that. For example, that concert, but. I couldn't realize like, okay, but now I'm not going to pass up the next one, you know, kind of deal. And you can, you can certainly, if not make it irreversible, make it reversible, you can, you know, redeem yourself to a point. Yeah. So I think to kind of go back to the, the question, like, I think there's a zillion choices where I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. Or I think I botched that or whatever. I mean, there's just tons, but I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of them that I spend a lot of time regretting. You know, I think that's the distinction. Right. Like I could think of, so if, and if you think about like choices, yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, terrible choices from, uh, I don't know. I think any of clothing my, to activities to, you know, whatever, like, and sort of thinking about it, I think any of that I have and nothing, you know, incredibly i don't i hope not to think incredibly egregious is treatment of other people strictly not choices i made for myself but how i dealt with another person and was i fair with them and there are times it's like yeah i handled that oh yeah and some of them are terrible right like it's like yeah that's so either you know it's usually it wasn't usually malicious it's usually just out of being like an idiot Right, but it's precisely. It's like, oh, that was what a botch, you know. Yeah, and that like, was if not. I think the way about them. If I go back to those, I'm like, I feel bad. I feel embarrassed. I'm like, ugh, that is like, that's just not good. But now, right? But then the question becomes, you know, and then looking back on that, does the other other person feel that way? And they may oh, not at all. They right. may think totally. like, oh, thank God you did it like that, because totally. otherwise I would have had to. Yeah. Not Kate. I'm just saying. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there's tons. Of, uh, I mean, there are probably a bunch from this week where I'm like, oh, I could have done it better. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's always. But I think that that. So, yeah, for sure that's there. But I think that's also about like. Then you have to, I think, decide like what's a realistic and healthy calibration of your expect expectations, right? Should you right. expect to be batting 900? Should you expect to be batting a thousand? Should you expect to be batting 300? Like what's your expectation there? Like, and I think, I guess you want to do the right thing and be a good person in, in every situation, but you also, I think have to realize like you're going to follow some, you're going to shank some of those. Right. And absolutely. And I think that's, um, not that you want to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to just take my, uh, I'm going to use my opportunity to really be bad in this situation. But I do think that that right. thinking about when when you look back on it, not spending a ton of time being like, yeah, that's I'm a person, right? Like I'm going to yeah, I want to bungle exactly, a bunch of these. Exactly, that's exactly right. And you know, at the time, I mean, and sometimes I think there's an element of. Yeah, looking with the with the benefit of hindsight, 
yeah, that was a bungle. But at the time, it may not have been. Right. You know, that these are what the yes. choices you are presented with. And yes. they may have been all bad. And this may have been what you thought to be the least right. bad at, with, and with the information you had at that time. Totally right. Because there's a little bit of bleed there on information, like in perspective, right? Because now you know more and you're oh, different and you've learned exactly more right. about that situation and other situations. And so, yeah, there's a million things where I'm like, I look back and I'm like, how did I not realize what was happening here? Like, or how did I not know yeah. to handle that differently? It's like, well, because I didn't know then. It's, it's exactly right. Right. I, I actually, I didn't know. Exactly. Uh, and that may be a good place to stop. It may not, but it's it may probably not. the place where we're going to stop. <laughs> we might regret this decision yes. when we listen to it during episode <laughs> this, 30, this but I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. You can but, email us at nickanddugs at gmail.com. We're still not on the social media, so please don't uh, try to reach us there. Well, uh, you can try. I mean, if you well, want. Well, you can try, but we're not. You can, you can, you can volley it over, well. but you're not going to get the return volley. No, you're not. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to say? Anything? Uh, boy, I can't imagine that I do. No, I don't think so. All right. Think Jerky is still out there. It's good and good for you. Thinkjerky.com. Uh, also, Hot Dogs uh, Sausages. Available at yeah. uh, where you know people buy my uh, sausages. I bought some recently at... Um, Either Schaefer's, Polina, Toto's, or... Schaefer's Liquors. Thank you. Yeah, up in Skokie. Yeah, they're a big seller of uh, Illinois. Of yeah, it was great. I just talked to uh, Fergie, Mary Ferguson, who's been running the um, like deli department for years, and okay. uh, she's a, a good friend and a good person, and uh, supplies me with a little hamon every so often. Oh, nice! You heard what I said. I don't know if I realized that they had a, a deli situation. I mean, I know they have the, yeah. like, the refrigerator, or the freezer where the sausages are, but I don't. Yeah, think if you go towards, if you when you walk in, you take yeah. a left, and it's in the room with the wine. Is oh. where there's like a deli counter there. Fabulous stuff. I better check it out. I mean, Please. Uh, remember, kids, don't litter. Be kind to those less fortunate than you. And as always, keep up the good work. And wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Wear a freaking mask. And when the vaccine is available to you, roll up your damn sleeve. And no jump in the freaking line. You wait your turn. Until next time. <laughs> Goodbye.